Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast. A production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Obviously, Pac-12 Media Day tomorrow in Las Vegas. The show will be uh, live from Radio Row, where you will hear all of our big guests, Dan Lanning, Jonathan Smith, um, you know, uh, Shadur Sanders uh, will uh, be uh, on the show, uh, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, but uh, a guy that we frequently bring on to talk about the Pac-12, John Wilner, is with us. You will be at Media Day, Wilner. What is George Klyovkov going to do? He's got the morning session. What are you expecting in that morning session from, from the commissioner? Well, certainly no breaking news. It doesn't appear that they're going to announce a media deal. I think they, you know, they want to have the focus of this event uh, be the teams and the coaches and players and this anticipated season. But, yeah, I mean, you know what questions or sessions with reporters can turn into, right? So, He's not going to be able to uh, avoid having to address the media rights situation, which is still unresolved. It'll be, to me, I'm wondering how feisty is it going to get, right? Last year in L.A., it was a month after USC and UCLA had announced their departures. It was, what, a week or two after the Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark had said his conference was open for business. And Kliokov was pretty feisty uh, about about those issues, uh, you know, in terms of the Pac-12 future and the Big 12 poaching, I don't think he's going to be as feisty this year. I think he's going to try to be very uh, even keel and uh, address the media rights as little as possible and then talk about the season. The, the media rights stuff, do you believe that the conference was close and something pivoted are you believing that narrative, or are you believing that you know this is just taking longer? They're shifting, shifting sands in the media world, or how are you reading the delay and the fact that we are still here uh, with less than a year to go in the current deal? Oh my gosh! And what basically thirteen months after this whole thing started, I would never have guessed last summer that we would still be it would be unresolved. Uh, you know, in the second half of July. Uh, I think it's a common of things, right? I mean, there have been some, you know, some some misjudgments on the Pac-12's end, been some things, uh, unforeseen developments economically and within the media uh, landscape, you know. And I get back to something that occurred to me earlier in the spring, which was I don't think they they got super serious until January. Uh, I think a lot of last fall – was, you know, uh, waiting for UCLA and that situation to get resolved. And so they got serious in January when when a lot of media companies are doing layoffs and cost cuts. And so they just had to kind of be patient. I also think that they thought there were several instances, including March and April, when they thought maybe it would get done uh, and something happened that wasn't done. So it's been a lot, a lot of delays, some there – of their making some not last year at media day there was a lot of angst a lot of anxiety of course talk about ucla and usc and then uh, a lot of speculation about oregon and washington possibly leaving with the four corner school schools go what will be the narrative tomorrow or what will the questions or anxiety be rooted in tomorrow is it shifted you know i think the, the questions are going to be about why, why don't you have a deal right why has there been so much miscommunication why were the presidents saying 
what is that, in March. We think we're close, right? Uh, why was uh, another president, Kirk Schultz, in, saying in, in May, I think we're close, right? I think that's something that I'd like to hear from the commissioner is about the, the messaging and why have they kind of, I don't know if they mishandled it or it's been, you know, just misinterpreted by the president. But to me, that's, that's what I want to know. Uh, I'm sure that he will also get asked if schools are going to leave for the Big 12. Uh, he will probably get asked about the Big 10 situation. But to me, the, the key piece is messaging and why there's been, you know, so many uh cross currents, so to speak, in what the presidents have said versus what the conference is doing at the negotiating table. Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, announces that he's going to have a uh, follow-up procedure on that foot that was bothering him, and he's having a second surgery. He will miss media day. Um, it's causing some angst, some people saying, oh, how convenient. Colorado's not, he's not going to have to speak. How are you reading it, and what does the event lose without coaching there? I mean, it's a it's a big loss in terms of the the spectacle, right? I mean, he was the pomp and the pomp and circumstance in a lot of ways. That was going to be a very very interesting uh, media session for him on the podium. I don't I don't believe that there's a conspiracy here that you know Colorado's going to the Big Twelve, so he doesn't want to have to appear. I think that's ridiculous. He's had several procedures to. Uh, combat blood clots that he has in his legs. And my guess is he wants to be, his priority is to be healthy enough for the start of training camp, which is in, I, I don't remember exactly when Colorado started, but it's basically in two weeks. So uh, I just view it as, some, as something that he's got to get, get done so he can be on the field with his team. We're talking to John Wilner, Bay Area News Group, Pac12Hotline.com, if you want to read his fine work on the Pac-12 Conference. Stanford's president has announced that uh, he will resign at the end of the fiscal year. I believe that takes him through August 31st on Stanford's books. Um, you know, will that have an impact? I mean, you've seen it's, it's less than ideal, the turnover. You've seen Oregon with three presidents. Oregon State brought in a president during these negotiations. This can't be easy for George Klyovkov. No, I don't think so. And, and he's got a lot of you know, the 10 presidents who are going to vote. Uh, on the media rights deal and on expansion, uh, you've got, what, one, two, three, four, I'm trying to think at the top of my head real quick, half, almost half of them either are on their way out or are very new, right? I mean, Cal's chancellor, uh, Carol Chris, she's stepping down, I think it's next year. Stanford's guy's kind of a lame duck. It's, you know, the turnover at the presidential level, it's like head coaching turnover, athletic director turnover. And that's not great for for the conference. They need as many experienced voices in the room uh, as possible. And there's a lot of turnover right now. John, I, I uh, you know, I'm looking at, to talk some football tomorrow. I, I'm curious. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I'm curious what you think of you know, first of all, this season and, and the five or six teams that everyone's viewing as top half of the conference teams, who do you think has, you know, the the inside track to get to if there is one? And who has the most questions to answer tomorrow at Media Day about about their personnel and their season? You know, I think UCLA's got a fair amount of questions, uh, especially with the new quarterback uh, and just the kind of the way 
the way things went down last year for them with that late loss to Arizona was super surprising. So I would say UCLA would be uh, near the top of the list for the questions. Uh, I've got some questions about Oregon and their defense. Uh, you know, Oregon State's a fascinating subject because if you, if if you had transposed their success last year and their returning roster this year to any other team that's named Oregon or Washington or USC or Utah, like they'd probably be the favorite. But because they're Oregon State, they automatically get overlooked or kind of nudged into a secondary position. Uh, and I don't think Jonathan Smith is upset about that at all. Uh, it's great for motivation. But, you know, you could argue that they've got everything they need to to win the conference, uh, especially if they get solid quarterback play. But but nobody's talking about them as one of the elite contenders. They're kind of viewed as what, like the second tier, uh, you know, something in the fourth, fifth, sixth position. I'm looking at Utah, and I'm looking at their schedule. It's brutal. They have, you know, they have Baylor. Uh, the, you know, they'll play Florida. They don't skip any of the good teams in conference play. It, it lines up tough for Utah. Washington, though, down the stretch has this this gauntlet with USC and Utah and Oregon State in back-to-back-to-back weeks. Um, is it is it wrong of us to count Utah out, first of all? Let's start there. I, it, do we bet against Kyle Whittingham at any point? No, that'd be a huge mistake, right? I mean, they have the the culture uh, is is still there, you know, and that was evident when they were down early to USC and didn't buckle in the championship game. You know, my big question with Utah is not about the conference race; it's more about the playoff because they've got those huge two opening games, right? Florida at home and then uh, at Baylor. And you just don't know how healthy Cam Rising's going to be coming off that ACL injury where he hasn't done much all off season. So to me, and, and you can't lose one of those games if you want to be a legit playoff contender. So to me, that's the bigger question with Utah. I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to be a major factor in, in the race for the conference title. Washington's defense was so-so. They didn't have a great run game. Michael Penix Jr. carried them. They had a great season. But this year, as I mentioned, they have that gauntlet in November. I see them as a team that could be 7-0 and or 8-0 heading to those uh, those tough games, but I have a hard time seeing them get through it. What kind of ride do you think Kalen DeBoer has in year two? An interesting one because the expectations are completely different than they were last year, right? He came in, took over, and people were thinking, you know, if they can get 6-6, six and six, that's pretty good. And instead they rip off what, 11 wins, and all of a sudden, even though he's got a lot of the same guys back, it's a whole different dynamic because of those expectations uh, inside and outside the program. Uh, I think that their their roster is better in, in some regards. You know, they lost some stuff on the offensive line. They lost some talent. But they seem to have some very good edge rushers. And I think that will help make up for what could be, you know, a secondary that needs time to, to mature. If you can pressure the passer – you know, you have got a huge advantage, and Washington is loaded in that regard. And then, you know, if Penix can stay healthy, uh, he's certainly not all the playmakers he would need for them to put up 40 points or more. I mean, you know, that's the thing. The, whoever's going to win this conference is going to need to score 40 a game. John Wilner, Bay Area News Group, is with us. Uh, the quarterbacks are uh, going to be talked about tomorrow. Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr. will be there. Cam Rising will be there. You know, you 
whose interview are you most interested in uh, of the quarterbacks, even Jaden Delora? Well, I would say Delora, which, you know, he just uh, was just reported that he settled a, a sexual assault case from high school uh, in which he had pleaded guilty. And here he is going to face the media. And I, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, good for him and good for Arizona. They're kind of heading into the storm directly. Now, how is he going to handle the questions? I, I have to think he's going to be well-prepared. And I would like to think he plans to be accountable and, and candid uh, when he gets asked about it. If he goes in there and just buries his head in the sand and refuses to answer questions, it's going to be a, a bad look for him and for Arizona. But that's kind of one I'm really looking forward to just because it's going to say a lot about the maturity of him uh, as a person. Also, I am very curious to hear what, what Rising says about his recovery from the ACL, how much he's going to be able to participate in training camp, how ready he thinks he's going to be for that Florida game. I'm looking for a surprise team. Who, in not among the, the contenders, Utah, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, USC, and maybe even UCLA, uh, not none of those teams, Wilner, give me a surprise team that you think could crack the top six if things line up. I mean, to me, there will be. There's a surprise team every year. So somebody is going to break into that top six, and somebody in the top six is going to have a worse-than-expected season. That I mean, it happens every year. So I would put maybe Arizona because they got they got some good you know they've got Delora back if he can take the next step I think Arizona could very well you know finish in that middle of the pack fifth sixth seventh window and also Colorado uh, they Sanders has completely remade their roster through the transfer portal but he does have at a few positions he's got some top tier playmakers so you know if they can be okay on the lines of scrimmage. I think they might have a shot. I just am not sure about a team like uh, ASU with a new coach. Stanford and Cal, I'm not sure they're ready. You know, Washington State, which you probably could, you know, put them in that top six, seven mix. I think they finished sixth or seventh last year in the conference race. I would certainly include the, the Cougars in there as a potential top half team. Wilner, the, uh, before I cut you loose, the conference, the question, obviously, that will dominate Media Day will be, what is the future of this conference? I know you've set a, a line on this throughout the last year or so. Where are you at right now with Pac-12 survival, and, and, uh, you know, and how, how are you feeling about the culmination of this media rights negotiation? Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to that culmination. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, whatever happens, I just hope it happens before the season starts, right? So it's not hanging over you and me and, and everyone. Um, you know, I have put the survival as a four-point favorite over extinction, and I think it's still right about there. I, I had thought they were going to get a deal done before media day, so it wasn't hanging over this event. And I think it could potentially be a bad look for the conference uh, and, and, you know, potentially have have some psychological effects depending on what happens on Friday but at the same time you know the the landscape the sports media landscape seems to be shifting a little bit and i think in some ways it's it's shifting in the Pac-12's favor you know all this situation that's going on with ESPN and looking for a partner the potential for Amazon or Apple to be that partner you know that helps the Pac-12 anything that makes streaming 
more acceptable to mainstream sports fans and more a part of the sports viewing uh, experience and culture, I think is good for the Pac-12. And that is clearly happening, you know, at the at the 40,000 foot level. So to me, you got almost competing forces. The macro forces are maybe moving in the Pac-12's direction, but the timing on the front lines is moving against the Pac-12. John Wilner, Bay Area News Group, Pac-12Hotline.com. Wilner, I will see you tomorrow in Vegas at Media. Thanks, my friend. Looking forward to it. Thank you. No Coach Prime at Media Day. Uh, they are sending their defensive coordinator. Colorado sending their defensive coordinator in his place. It won't be the same without him. Is he dodging me? Does he just not want to be on this show? No, I think he's trying to uh, save his health and save his legs. So, no Coach Prime. The event loses some luster, but certainly I think the country, as far uh, as far as college sports media, will be tuned into George Klyovkov as he gives his statements. We'll have him on this show tomorrow, three to six p.m. I want you to tune in as Dan Lanning and Jonathan Smith and Bo Nix and Caleb Williams and Shadur Sanders and George Klyovkov and uh, about thirty other personalities in the Pac-12 conference will be joining us. I want you to leave it here. Uh, Anna's coming up, but next I'm going to give you the best of media day from last year. I went back and listened to all the interviews that I did last year at media day, 34 different interviews. I pulled some of the favorite cuts and it's really interesting to see how the narrative has shifted for Dan Lanning, for Jonathan Smith, for George Klyovkov and Lincoln Riley even, and even Chip Kelly. You'll hear it all next. Leave it right here. you got the bald-faced truth statewide on the BFT Radio Network. There will be no Coach Prime at Pac-12 Media Day tomorrow. He is having a surgery. Uh, cue the 12 and ons, the conspiracy theorists out there who are going to read way too much into that. Um, unfortunately, I will not be able to tell Coach Prime to call me the truth. We'll have to save that for when he appears on this show. But there's going to be a whole bunch of coaches talking and a whole bunch of players talking. We'll have them all here. And it gets me thinking about what they said last year. Let's rewind, right? We love to rewind. It gets me thinking about last year's media day, right? We, we forget what they said last year. Will what they say this year be different than what they said last year? It got me thinking. And it got me looking into the archives of this radio show. And so I went back and I pulled some cuts from Chip Kelly and Dan Lanning and George Klyovkov and Jonathan Smith and Lincoln Riley and uh, Cam Rising and, uh, well, let's listen in. This is what they said last year. Here is uh, George Klyovkov, Pac-12 commissioner. Keep in mind, USC and UCLA had freshly announced that they were leaving the conference. And Klyovkov got up on the stage and he wasn't all collegial. He took some shots at the Big 12 conference and then ultimately uh, settled in for an interview with me, and it sounded a little bit like this. George Klyovkov, Pac-12 commissioners with us. Uh, media rights, revenue, access to the college football playoff. Which of those is more valuable to the Pac-12? We need both, and we will have both. You're confident of this? Confident. Some, one AD told me, George is kicking ass. I'm trying. <laughs> and it's by the way, it's because I've got lots of really, really good people working for me. It's not me. The... You you said before in previous conversations you're a puzzle solver. I've thought about that because this, yeah. this is a puzzle. Yeah, it's a Rubik's cube. Well, it was it was before UCLA and USC. It was a complicated, difficult puzzle before that. It got a lot more complicated and more difficult in the last four weeks in a day. But that's okay. I'm yeah. built for this stuff. 
365, you're in Montana? 364, 364, right? 364, you're in Montana. <laughs> I'm in Montana driving to Idaho in an area that does not have cell coverage. And I get uh, several urgent text messages from my deputy commissioner saying, find a place with cell coverage and call me. It's Murphy's Law. I mean, that's just how it works. Well, you know? I, think, like, I, I think it was the second or third day of my first vacation on the job yeah. after a year. How did and that fly with your wife? Like, hey, uh, I'm she, sorry. She's, she's awesome. She, she's seen me go through these things before. She's, you know, fully supportive. Uh, I had to relocate back to Las Vegas because I really needed all of the opportunity to have connectivity and the computer and everything else. So I left her up in Montana and... Uh, came back to Vegas, and I've been working from there ever since. And then we're getting through it. Uh, you said during your State of the Union that you know you're exploring expansion. Yes. You mentioned geography. You mentioned media value. I go to television households. Go to a yep. place like San Diego, or maybe into the state of Texas. Is there anything else beyond that that is important to the Pac-12? Well, I think the normal things that anyone would look at are um, the the kind of media landscape and where it fits in the media landscape and whether or not you're adding a really valuable DMA or not, right? Then for us, we look at athletic competition because, you know, as the Conference of Champions, you want someone who's going to invest broadly in sports and be competitive in a lot of sports. Uh, so that kind of limits who you can look at. Um, we, we do have kind of a cultural and academic fit, which is important in the Pac-12, maybe more so than other places, but it's important to our presidents and chancellors. And remember, they're the ones who make these final determinations. And then I think what makes us different, at least from what I've seen recently, is we're actually going to take into account what's good for our student-athletes. Right? Not, not that there ain't school in Boston, but we're not adding a school in Boston because we're not traveling kids to Boston to play games. Interesting to hear him talk about the things that still linger. Media rights deal still out there. Also, expansion still out there. The tune has to be different tomorrow when Klyovkov speaks. He's got to have something to show for the last year and feel more focused than he did a year ago, clearly. But I thought it was interesting to kind of pull those two little snippets and let you hear a little bit of where the conference commissioner was a year ago. And again, I'm really interested to see not only what he says tomorrow morning as he addresses media from Resorts World Casino in Vegas right on the Strip, but also when he joins this show, you know, we're going to get a one-on-one -on -one with, with the commissioner, you know, and I'm going to have some questions for him. I think they've totally mismanaged their public relations. And what, where will his messaging take off and where will it land tomorrow? That'll be interesting to follow. Dan Lanning, the University of Oregon coach, remember he was a first-time head coach, first-time participant in Pac-12 Media Day a year ago. I asked him, what would we be talking about a year later? I asked him to uh, pull out his crystal ball and look into the future. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.